I'm Jim Turpin. I'll be here until 11. We have two hours of open line this morning as we close out the week and get ready for the 4th of July celebrations. Lots of things in the news, uh, both locally and over in uh, Springfield and in uh, Washington and in Chicago, all around. And uh, we'll go through some headlines here as we normally do to get things going to see which of those stories you'd like to uh, talk about, if any. If uh, not, if you have something that you would like to bring up, something that uh, you've been wondering about, some question or a comment that uh, you have, maybe something that you heard on this show and you want to know more about it or question what was uh, said, that's what we do on an open line. Be pretty casual about it, and if we can get some... Fun stuff in today. I get to go along with all this other dismal news. That's uh, that's okay too. So uh, let's start out with uh, what happened last night. Hundreds uh, turned out for the walk and a concert for the missing uh, U of I uh, student. They say about uh, 350, and there were students there and community members and. Others who participated in all the events included the, the walk and the uh, concert. They began uh, gathering about 6.30. It was scheduled for 6.45, I believe. So they went inside the Cranert uh, Center to get uh, organized and receiving instructions on what was going to happen and where they were going to go and uh, etc., and when they came outside, uh, several uh, television cameras were waiting for them. This was uh, well covered by a lot of uh, uh, the media. And they were interviewing a lot of uh, different people as the walk uh, continued. They walked uh, where uh, Ying Ying had been working over to where she'd worked, then over to the spot where she was last seen, getting into that uh, black car we have all seen that on on the video then after that back to Cranert for a short concert of uh, Chinese music played by students and others on Chinese instruments very very interesting and uh, a lot of instruments instruments that uh, most people in the audience uh, other than the the folks from China had never seen before or heard. Her boyfriend uh, played and sang what he described as her favorite song. The uh, Chinese Students and Scholars Association sort of uh, 
the uh, lead group here. They'll also march in the 4th of July parade. And there is another um, Chinese organization on the campus, student organization, and they will uh, be marching as well. There have been no further uh, announcements from the FBI regarding the search. They announced that the car had been found uh, last week, but uh, um, they made the announcement last week, didn't say when they had found it, but uh, no other details, and obviously the search uh, continues. So that was uh, quite an evening for a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, people, and the search goes on. So look for those young folks and uh, the family members of the young student uh, in the uh, parade on the 4th of uh, July. Uh, Doug is first up this morning. Hello, Doug. Hey, good morning, Jim. Hey, the Regional Veterans Memorial is going to host two fundraisers this weekend. On Saturday, we're going to have a drive through fundraiser at the Rantu Historical Society Museum on U.S. 136 across from uh, Dairy Queen in Rantoul. And then on Monday night, Hall Brothers Racing is joining with us, and they're going to be giving rides in the monster trucks for $5 a person out on the uh, airfield during the Rantoul's Fourth of July celebration. Yeah, I heard about those. I'm glad you reminded us. Uh, that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, so, you know, individuals want to come by the museum on Saturday. They can drive through, come in from the, um, on the, go on the eastbound side of 136, and 136 will be lined with American flags and everything for that, and then we'll have some music out there. I think they're going to have a fire, the, you know, the fire ladder truck with the flag flying. And then Hall Brothers on Monday night during Rantoul Celebration will be giving rides in the monster trucks for $5 a person donation. How do you get into those things? you got to have a ladder, don't you? Exactly. And we got a huge ladder that uh, they put <laughs> up against the truck. And well, I was just a, kidding. Is that the way you do it? it exactly. It's uh, it, it's like, you know, one of those. Remember the old ramps that you got in the airplanes with? Oh, yeah. That's exactly what they use. I'll be darned. So it's a lot of, hey, you want to come out and donate your time and help us, Jim? We'd appreciate it. I mean, you're a veteran, too. Mm, well, uh, I am. I'm not sure about uh, climbing that ladder, but uh, we'll. <laughs> no, it sounds like a lot of fun, Doug. Uh, thanks for reminding us about it. We've been talking a little bit about as many uh, events as we possibly can this week, so uh, appreciate that. Thanks. Thanks, Jim. And this will be the last day that I'll be able to remind you and you're probably saying, okay, we know. We know when the Ice Cream and Independence Show is going to be, Jim. You've told us enough times. Well, it's at uh, one more time. Virginia Theater, Saturday night, 7 o'clock. Free TCBY yogurt, starting around 5. The evening will feature the Champaign-Urbana Civic Wind Band with guest soloist soprano, Yvonne Redmond. Well, she is really some singer. I I checked her out on, uh, I never heard her sing in person. I don't know why, but uh, I just uh, have not. But I went to uh, YouTube and found some of the uh, concerts that she's been in, some of the operas and so forth. And uh, she's a, a wonderful singer. She was at the Met for years and years and years and is uh, at the School of Music now teaching and still performing, and she'll be singing some songs from the the American uh, Songbook 
great old standards from Cole Porter and George Gershwin and Hoagie Carmichael. Free uh, miniature flags will be handed out to everyone that uh, comes, compliments of Busey Bank. And we'll be broadcasting live at uh, 7 o'clock on WDWS. And here I want to emphasize this because this is all about veterans and patriotism and service. If you're an active service member or a veteran, admission is free. Can't beat that, right? But you do need a ticket, and all tickets are reserved. You can get tickets by calling the Virginia Theater box office or going online at thevirginia.org. Hope to see you there on Saturday night. That's tomorrow night. Art is next. Good morning, Art. Hey, good morning, Jim. How are you? I am good. What's going on, Art? Well, I had a question and an observation. Okay. My question is, what is going on in Washington right now with regards to the health care bill? Why is it that the federal government is involved in health care? Well, I think they want to take the whole thing over as my... uh my long term uh, their their long term uh, girl a uh, goal i believe is to uh, you know have uh, just have it all in one and we if that but why <laughs> i mean what's the purpose what what do they got to gain i don't see anything we don't have anything to gain i can tell you that if the government yeah, I know. gets into it and don't you find it ironic that senators and congressmen who are debating this are not even going to be subject to it well i'm not surprised are you well, I mean, what kind of an example is that? Mm-hmm. They're not worried about examples, I don't think, or they wouldn't be uh, bumbling, or bumbling around people. the way they are. We keep voting for these people. Mm-hmm. Doesn't make any sense. No, it's. Uh, I, I agree with you. It does not make any sense. But uh, this uh, debate is uh, is going on now. I don't know if they're going to get anything done. Uh, somebody suggested that. Uh, the best thing to do would just be to just uh, tear up Obamacare and start over if they're going to, you know, they're, what yeah. they're doing is jumping from here and there trying to trying to fix uh, one thing, then something else will jump up. And they, it's just it's a, just a comedy, as it is in Springfield. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Jim. That's all I know. I, I, I can't tell you why they, why they want to fool around with this. I guess they... Yeah. Looked out there and thought that we weren't doing a, we being uh, the USA wasn't doing a good enough job in uh, taking care of our people, so they they devised a way, and it's been nothing but trouble. Nothing but trouble. Ken is next. Hi, Ken. Yeah, I'll tell you why we need to have the federal government take over health care. We need to get the profit out of health care. The profit? My, the profit. Okay. My last chemo appointment was. No- $18,000 for a 45-minute appointment, $18,000. From what I understand, and I have studied the issue thoroughly, the medicine may have cost Carl Clinic about 200 bucks, and they charged me $18,000 for it. They charged me $400. They charged me $200 twice because I used two different waiting rooms. Now, if people don't see that as a problem, I don't know what a problem looks like. 
every other developed nation in the world has federally funded health care. Their people are living longer than us. They have better health care because they have access to health care. If you don't have really good insurance here and if, or if you don't have a lot of money, you're just simply out of luck. And the Republican theme then is die quickly because we don't want to pay for it. Well, uh, having access to it is not uh, what I hear from uh, old Canada, for example. People in Canada waiting and waiting and waiting for... That is baloney, Jim. No, it isn't baloney. Have, some, have an expert on. Uh, okay. Don't just listen to Fox News. Have an expert on. Hmm. I No, wait a minute. What makes you think I... Are you talking about me only listening to Fox News? No. Oh, all right. That's where... That's where 90% of these conservatives get their information, and 90% of what Fox News has been determined to be a lie. How about CNN? Have an, ex- have an expert on it, about it. Don't just rely on what you've heard. Have an expert on it. People in Canada love their health care system. People in England and France and Germany laugh at us because we're spending money for their defense programs, and they're giving their people free health care. So you think it would be better if if the government took over and got the insurance companies out of it? Look at Medicare. You're on Medicare. Is that good insurance? It's the most efficient health care system in the world. I don't have any problem with Medicare, that's for sure. That's right. Mm -hmm. Let, Let everybody have Medicare. And then if they want to buy private insurance for a supplemental plan, that's up to them. But... Get the profit out of health care. It's killing this country. Okay. We- uh, thank you, Ken. Uh, Patty is next. Hello, Patty. Hi, Jim. Um, I had to comment on that last caller. Yes, health care is killing us, and the insurance companies and the pharmaceutical companies, and I don't know where it's going to end, but I will tell you this. We were in Toronto about 15 years ago, and we were sitting at a bar visiting, and the man next to us was a lawyer from Toronto. He was 67 or 68 years old, and at that time, um, all this health care issue was, was real big down here, and should we be government-subsidized or paid for. And he said, I had heart surgery when I was 60. I now need heart surgery again, but the government of Canada has said I'm not worth the risk. The possibility of me dying on the table or not having a productive life is very high, so you cannot have the heart surgery. Now his choice was not have the heart surgery or go out of the country, in other words, to the United States, and have heart surgery and pay for it 100%, which we know how expensive that can be. So there are some flaws with that government uh, paying for our health care, too, because they can say, hey, you're not worth it, whereas down here, most of the time, that doesn't happen. I'll hang up and listen to what you've well, got to say. Uh, don't hang up before I say, uh, you need okay. to talk to Ken, because Ken's an expert, and he thinks everything you said is baloney. And uh, because I was saying the very same thing to him, that's not the first time I've heard stories about uh, Canada. I don't know well, much about uh, Germany or Australia or anyplace else. But uh, There could be problems that almost have no answers, which I think is, is there a perfect answer? Probably not. So you just strive for the best that you can do. Uh, yes, you do. I, I, I agree with that. And uh I think uh, perhaps that's what the government was trying to do with Obamacare. I don't know. And right. uh, it's uh, gotten to the point now that uh, 
there are all kinds of insurance companies that are pulling out of it because they, uh, you know, they he talks about profit that they found out they can't make any profit. Well, and sometimes you think you know all the answers, and until you really delve into something, you don't realize how complex everything is. Every every time you turn a corner, there's another obstacle in your way. So, you know, people are probably trying to do as good as they can, but you're never going to make everybody happy. Yeah, you got that right. Thank you, Patty. Have a good day. Bye-bye. And I go to Bill. Hello, Bill. Uh, morning, Jim. Without profits, drug companies are going to stop research and development. Almost all the new successful drugs, although they have to go through the FDA in this country, come from this country, none from Canada. They just buy what we develop. You can't say if government is the problem, why these prices? There's no competition. Let's say when I was 20-some years old, I bought catastrophic insurance and paid the bills myself, and it was fine. It was a great system. Of course, I was younger. But if we're going to... If the government's, and there's no free health care, no such thing, it's not, nothing's free. If we're going to supply, if health care is a right, we have to supply it. Wouldn't food qualify? Shouldn't the government supply food for everybody? Mm. Wouldn't that be their one basic need that's even more well, important than health care? Well, I can tell you one thing. My, my, uh, my dad died at, uh, at 50 years old uh, from uh, a heart condition. That if he were alive on in this year, there are so many things that uh, could happen. So much uh, technology, so much uh, 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 research that has been done. So many, so many technique. Of course, are expensive, but he it would it would have kept him alive. I can tell you that it's. Uh, and you're quite right about uh, all. Do you know there? Where is all these things coming from, and who's paying for the research and so on? It's it's very very important. Well, just say, just and like I say, it's not uh, socialized medicine has never been successful. Medicare, yeah, it might be working now, but where's it headed? How much money is the bank for uh, Medicare? Well, we hear all like kinds of yeah, we hear a lot of all kinds of stories about uh, when it will go broke. But, uh, hey, appreciate your call. Uh, thank you, uh, Bill. And Eric is next. Hello, Eric. Hey, good morning, Jim. I, I was listening. I wasn't going to call today, but I, I had had to chime in about the Canada thing since I am an expert on it because my wife is from Canada. So let's uh, end the debate right now. Okay, yeah, so, <laughs> good. I've got, he, well, he said the, get an expert on, and I got one on here. All right. Yes. Okay, here's the thing. Um, first off, nothing is free there. A case of beer in Canada is $50, where the same case here is 15 so that tells you a little bit about uh, where the money comes to pay for, just as a small example, to pay for your health care. Uh, number two, the thing is, anybody can go to the hospital and you do not get a bill, as opposed to here where you have, uh, you know, a bill come in the mail for such and such and money and whatnot. Uh, everything is covered in that way. So that's the the perfect system as far as from the patient's point of view. But everybody pays for it, and everything that you buy, gas, um, you know, cigarettes, alcohol, all these things are taxed uh, extremely high as opposed to here, which, you know, one thing you notice when you're in a place like Canada or Europe, everything there is, is much more expensive. The United States is the cheapest place in the world to, to buy things, and, and unless you go somewhere else, you would never really think of that. But that's just the way it is, because everything else is it's, it's free uh, where you go. 
but there are ways, as people mentioned, for non-essential services. If you've got an essential, you know, need cancer, uh, health, uh, you know, heart issues, whatnot, you're getting right in. You're, you're getting that treated. You know, emergency rooms, whatnot. You're just not getting a bill. So <laughs> that's but, the. Uh, but that's you're the you're uh, you're paying for it in so many other ways. You're telling us. Yeah, exactly. Everybody's paying for it. The entire country's paying for it, but um, you're just not paying directly for it. Mm-hmm. You know, which is people here would go crazy if the taxes were that. If a case of Budweiser here costs, you know, forty-eight, fifty dollars, uh, people would complain. But nobody complains of it because they get their health care for free. So it's a trade-off. You want one? You want our way, or do you want their way? Uh, Eric, you're talking about some important things now. You talk about the price of that beer. Exactly. It's shocking <laughs> when you see that. It is shocking when you see that because you compare the two. Yeah. But uh, now you know how it kind of works up there. I'm glad you called. Thanks very much. Uh, Jim is next. Hello, Jim. Yes, Jim. I, I got a couple, three things to uh, say. There was a good letter in the a letter to the editor of a golden age goes o- over the writer's head, and that's exactly right. I'm I'm a Swedish descent, and I've heard a lot about Ole and and this and that and the other thing. It don't bother me at all. I like these jokes, and this is this explains to these hard-headed people that are so offended. Why don't we just uh, why don't we get these guys in, uh, give them a safe place, and give them some hot chocolate and a teddy bear, and let them, <laughs> like the guy said, lighten up. And another one is this uh, guy writing in about the gravel on the roads. Uh, he's he's riding his bicycle on these roads, and these road uh, commissioners are these roads bleed through their oil and chip, and they take a a little bit of a uh, chip uh, when they're bleeding through. Uh, so we're all supposed to get oil all over our cars, so he can ride his bicycle down there, and uh, for you know. We're supposed to get all the this oil that bleeds through and it throws up on our cars and that. I mean, what the world is going on here? Mm-hmm. And then one other thing, Jim, I want to say, I, I'm a veteran. I go to the Danville VA. My doctor, he just retired. He practiced in England for three years, and he said, your taxes over there is about 50 to 50%. So every dollar you make... Uh, you're going to have to pay for that, and they got and uh, their uh, uh, health care over there is just exactly like we've heard. You might wait thirty to forty days before you can ever see a doctor, and this is what it's uh, people have said from Canada too. So I just see that's just uh, make, that's what I was uh, trying to tell Ken a little while ago, but yeah, uh, Ken I mean, said I only. Uh, you only get that on uh, Fox News. Uh, yeah, I've well, maybe he, ought to, maybe he ought to listen to Fox News because that's the only place you're going to get it straight. And some things, it's a little biased. But go ahead and look, look what they've done now or look what CNN has done to themselves. They've had, they fired three guys. They've, this, they've been caught in lies. For, uh, I mean, anything works. And MSNBC is exactly the same way. And Scott Pelley... Scott Pelley, his last uh, uh, broadcast, thought that this was self-inflicted, that the Republicans got shot out there in that ball field. So uh, that, that's what you got if you if you want to watch mainstream news. So yeah, that's I, it, uh, I agree with uh, the uh, letter in today. I was going to read that uh, on the air here, and I will before the 
uh, sometime uh, during the show. But uh, the headline is Golden Age Goes Over the Rider's Head. And it, it's from a man. His name is Robert Drayton. He's in yeah. uh, Urbana. And he uh, said he was, what, 95 years old? Uh, I, I really, I, I, yeah, he's got some, some age on him. I know that. But, I mean, Jim, remember Abbott and Costello and stuff like that. Bob Hope, all these guys could uh, make you hold your stomach laughing at them, and there was never any, uh, you know, obscene, uh, you know, uh, obscene language or any of that stuff. Now we got to have all this other stuff, and I guess we're we're going to have to please that guy that wrote in here a week or so ago. I remember him. So well, he was uh, he was mad because uh, somebody had written about uh, Bill Dana. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. This guy Jose said, "Jose Jimenez. He was he was great. He was wonderful. And uh, these people need to get a little bit of. I mean, you know, <laughs> and they got to have their. I mean, look at Berkeley and all these kids up there. I tell you, uh, that are going to college. I mean, look at the University of Illinois. Mm. The the administration down there went nuts when somebody wrote on on uh, uh, Trump 2016. That's that just." Boggles my mind. I gotta go, Jim. I'm okay, hitting the news you. here. Thanks for the call. Yeah, that's a priceless uh, letter in the paper this morning about uh, comedians: uh, Flip Wilson, Edgar Bergen, uh, Bill Cosby, skits, uh, Jonathan Winters, portraying all these uh, people, and uh, nobody said anything about it. All they did was laugh. It was comedy, and. Uh, and now, um, this Mr. Drayton says, all I can say to these uh, people that are opposed to every time somebody says something that uh, hurts their feelings is lighten up. Uh, 9.30, uh, Michael Kaiser has the news headlines. We'll be back with the more open line here on Penny right after that. We're back on uh, Penny for your thoughts. I'm Jim Turpin. Uh, phone line's open at... Uh, Three five six nine three nine seven. Uh, text me at uh, three five one five three five seven. Well, this uh, debate over the Affordable Care Act uh, turned uh, sharply uh, last night to a very divisive and ideological question: How much money should the Senate health care bill spend on protecting Americans, and how much on providing tax relief? To the wealthy. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, in an effort to strike a balance between centrists and conservative, is now making concessions to both factions of his caucus, according to lawmakers and aides. That uh, business about compromising is uh, something that I've uh, talked about for quite a while and directed most of it toward uh, Governor Rauner, who who will not uh, compromise. Uh, well, I suppose he, he and Madigan are in, in the same boat from there. But uh, Christine Radonia, when she uh, retired uh, or announced her retirement uh, from the Senate yesterday, uh, said the... Uh, Virtually the, the, the same thing. Let me tell you what she said, if I can find it here. 
I will say that I feel strongly that the governor has the right agenda, but it's not that easy getting there. We need fundamental change in this building, but we need to compromise in order to get there. We have to put aside personalities. We have to prioritize what we want. Nobody gets 100%. But what do you absolutely have to have? When you negotiate, you need to understand and get in the skin of the person you're talking to, providing advice to the governor and other legislative leaders. 20-year-old veteran lawmaker has earned plaudits for working with Democrats. Redonio said for months she had been looking for a natural break in the legislative schedule to begin her retirement, and she chose this coming Saturday, tomorrow. But compromise, you can't get everything. And when she says get in the other person's uh, skin, what, what do they need? What, what's important to them? Compromise. Get a little piece of the pie rather than none of it and become a junk bond state. Uh, Tony is next. Hi, Tony. Hi. Did you see the um, front cover of the New York Daily News today? <laughs> no, I did not. What did it say? Uh, you'll Google it. Um, it has a close-up of the bald eagle with his head down, and it says humiliation. Um, and I'm sure it has to do with Trump's tweet on that Mika lady yesterday. Um, how many times did Barack Obama or George Bush get called stuff by the media and they didn't retaliate um, like Trump does. And here's two questions for you. If someone um, at the News Gazette radio group posted a tweet about Elizabeth Hess like that, do you think they'd be fired? Like what Trump did about Mika? Calling her psycho and low IQ? <laughs> well, well uh, no, that's just a question. I was just hoping you'd answer it and, well, and well, well, say it say it again I, i'm not a, who would if who said what about uh, elizabeth Hess? let's say mike hale said okay. tweeted out elizabeth Hess has a low iq um and a psycho on this morning's show do you think that mike hale would be fired well uh i don't know I would I think it would be a serious reprimand there, but you're talking about something that's so far away from reality, yeah, there's no way to answer it. What do you mean? Oh, is Trump? Is Trump <laughs> well, the, the, well, Trump, uh, Trump isn't her uh, boss. But he, well, but he's America's boss. He, yeah. He's the leader of the free world. I mean, mm. he represents us all. Well, I, if, you're, if you're getting around to saying that his, uh, his tweets and all those things are just absolutely ridiculous and uh, embarrassing and... Uh, uh, makes you uh, cringe every time it happens. I agree with that completely. They're disgusting. That's what they are. Yeah, well, that's that's what I'm saying. And and that other guy talking about how CNN has gotten themselves in trouble, um, did he forget how Fox News got themselves in trouble from Bill O'Reilly, their main star, um, sexually harassing a bunch of women, and then Roger L. Um, doing the same thing, the boss? <laughs> don't you think they got themselves in trouble a little bit too well um, they got themselves in trouble it was kind of a different thing i think uh, cnn got themselves in trouble by 
going on, uh, you know, 100 percent, 24 hours a day, anti-Trump. Uh, some people just, uh, you know, couldn't couldn't take it all, and uh, their listenership is a or viewership has really gone down, 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 down. And that's the trouble. I wonder how Fox is. Because I'm, I'm to the point, you probably are too, and I know you're not a conservative, um, but I'm just sick of hearing it all every night on these TV shows. Like, that's all any of them talk about is Trump, because he's so crazy. And that's why they talk about him. Well, it is. It's, uh, you know, Jimmy Fallon starts out every night, and I used to, uh, I still do, I still watch him because I, li- I like the show, and I think he's talented, and I think it's a, it's funny, and he's got a great band in the roots, and uh, and uh, so on. But he starts out every show. He says, here's what people are talking about today. And he'll have about four Trump uh, things right in a row. And if you go over to CBS, uh, you'll find it's uh, almost always yeah. the complete show is about Trump. Yeah, Steve, well, Steve, but, but Trump has saved Stephen Colbert's job because he was about ready to lose his job before Trump got elected. Yeah, and people... People must like watching Stephen Colbert now that he talks about Trump all the time because he's, he's beating Jimmy Fallon now in the late night radio. Oh, they do. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, in fact, uh, Colbert said that. He, he said, I want to thank the president. Without him, you know, I was in deep trouble. He said that on the air one night. Yeah. I hey, appreciate right the call. Th- thanks a lot. I need to uh, move on to William. Hello, William. Hi there. I uh, I don't agree much with uh, the last caller, but uh, we're talking about the, the uh, I can't think of her name, but the lady who was the speaker for the state resigning. Rodonia, are you talking about her? Yes. And and I don't don't disagree with her 100%, but the problem is, is yes, she learned to negotiate with the Democrats for the state of Illinois. But where did that lead us? Where has that gotten us? You know, and she had no choice. I mean, with Madigan at the helm, you don't negotiate. You do whatever he says, basically. Well, we've had and some, uh, we've really had some bad times, but we haven't had any uh, like this where we're headed into our third year without a budget. Well, and that's the, re- the reason is, is because people stood up and voted for a conservative and said, we don't want to take this anymore. We don't want it to keep going down, 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 down. Now we, we elected a governor hoping that he would stand up and say, no, it has to stop. And he was elected. And people want it to stop. They don't want to negotiate and keep it going down, down, down. Well, and this is where we're at. It won't work, if you, it won't work if you don't negotiate. Well, I, I, don't, I don't disagree with that. But the problem is, is there are certain issues that can't be negotiated. You can't continue to spend more than you bring in. Nobody can do that. And, and as a result, over the last 20-some years of being controlled by Madigan, we've only went down. We're, we're almost in last place of every state in the union for everything. And, and that can't continue. And the budget, some of the budgets that they're proposing is going to keep us right on that path. And so Rauner, he is put his foot down. I agree that somewhere or somehow they've got to figure it out. But until people get just absolutely irate, it's going to continue this way. Well, if they aren't irate by now, they never will be, will they? Oh, well, you know, most people in my circles are. But as long as, you know, the Democrats control everything, it just continues to be this way. And yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> they, can't, they can't blame Rauner for all this. 
No, no, I'm can't not. Do it. Uh, no, if you I'm, hate him, you can't blame him for all this. No, he's 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 doing what uh, what he uh, campaigned on. He's doing what people expect him to do. That's but, right. Uh, but according uh, to the media, it's always Rauner's fault. This is all Rauner's fault, mm-hmm. and and that's just ridiculous. I mean, he, he was a long way from politics when all this went down the tubes. I appreciate your call. Uh, thanks very much, William. Take a quick break, Mr. Bond. We'll come right back. Open line continuing until 11 today. Morning, uh, Joe uh, Cohorse, uh, Joe Scarborough, and uh, Mika Brzezinski responded this morning to President Trump's controversial Thursday morning tweets by questioning uh, Trump's mental state. And another MSNBC contributor defended his colleagues by calling Trump physically disgusting. Scarborough, a former Republican congressman, and uh, Brzezinski, an author and former network correspondent, wrote a Washington Post opinion article uh, this morning that went live just before Morning Joe went on the air at 6 a.m. Scarborough and uh, Brzezinski, who are engaged, were scheduled to be on vacation today, according to co-host Willie Geist. However, the pair decided to appear later in the morning to again address Trump's remarks. President Trump launched personal attacks against us Thursday, but our concerns about his unmoored behavior go far beyond the personal. They began their Washington piece by saying America's leaders and allies are asking themselves yet again whether this man is fit to be president. We have our doubts, but we are both certain that the man is not mentally equipped to continue watching our show, Morning Joe. Later in the column, the pair again questioned Trump's mental health, as they have numerous times on the air, and said Trump had an unhealthy obsession with their show. They also claimed that top White House staff members warned that the National Enquirer was planning to publish a negative article about us unless we begged the president to have the story spiked. Controversy began Thursday morning when Trump took to Twitter to criticize Scarborough and Brzezinski, a pair of messages posted near the end of the show. I heard that poorly rated Morning Joe speaks badly of me. Don't watch anymore. That's how come low IQ crazy Mika, along with Psycho Joe, came to Mar-a-Lago three nights in a row around New Year's Eve and insisted on joining me. She was bleeding badly from a facelift. I said no. This is all Trump writing yesterday. In their Washington Post column, Scarborough and Brzezinski said Trump was the one who had requested multiple meetings with the duo and also denied that Brzezinski had a facelift or was bleeding from a procedure. Instead, they wrote she had a little skin under her chin tweaked. MSNBC contributor Donnie Deutsch viciously attacked Trump near the top of Friday's show, declaring that when Trump goes low, Deutsch would go just as low, turning the tables on a phrase made famous by former First Lady Michelle Obama. He's physically disgusting to look at. He's not mentally okay. To talk about women that way, and the irony is that you physically look like you do, 
Trump tweeted about mental health and crime stats uh, this morning, but didn't address the Morning Joe firestorm. Trump assailed the Morning Joe co-hosts Thursday after two mornings of attacking other media outlets, most notably the New York Times and CNN. And the question still remains is, why does he do that? Why does he do that? Every time somebody writes something about him that's uh, negative or says something, uh, he he attacks. Uh, 9.53, uh, Tiny is next. Hi, Tiny. Morning, Jim. Jim, I'm uh, a little disappointed in you. You uh, sat there and read an article out of the Washington Post, which is the most Democratic paper in the United States, condemning our president with every word they say. Uh, this morning you talked about Rahner being the sole and responsible person for our uh, problems. Stanley Weaver said 30 years ago who the problem was, and he, he said if we get rid of those people in Chicago, Illinois would be fine. Rahner's not the problem. I voted for him to solve the problem. But this business of you sitting here and reading a, a, a trash article about Trump and enjoying it, that, that's not right. This, uh, this began because the people were calling in and talking about uh, Trump and about the, the show, and the, the two people on the show responded in an article in the paper, and I read what they responded because that's what we were talking about. Well, you I, know I, I didn't even I, I didn't even bring it up. You know better than I do that the Washington Post is a Democrat. They, they get up in the morning, they eat, instead of oatmeal, they eat Democrats. Well, they didn't, uh, the Washington Post didn't write this. Uh, morning Joe and this Mika Brzezinski wrote it, and it appeared well, in their paper. who do they work for? <laughs> they work for MSNBC. <laughs> yeah, there's another one. Yeah. Uh, that's what's happening in this country, Jim. CBS, NBC, ABC, CNN, MSNBC, all of them are anti-Trump. I don't care what he does, it's good. It, it, it's no good at the day's end because they don't publish that. They, I'm not worried about his tweets. I'm worried about what he's getting done. And When it takes six months to get a, a cabinet put in place because of the anti-American Democrats, there's something the matter, badly the matter, and the people... Uh, WGWS has a lot of anti-Trump on because they have CBS on. But for you to read that, you know full well those people are anti-Trump as any people that ever lived. That's okay with me. I don't. I don't care if they're anti-Trump. I try to. Uh, if you listen, and I know you do, uh, I provide uh, both sides of the no, story every morning. No, you don't, Jim. Oh well. No, well, you can't argue with you. You'll probably hang up on me. No, I'm you not going to hang up on you, but you, you're... Go ahead. You talk about Runner being the, the fault. You never even mentioned Madigan. That, that isn't true, Tiny. My goodness, I talk about Madigan all the time. Listen, Jim, I listen to your program. Okay, well, <laughs> listen, I do have to take some other calls. I'm not all hanging right. up on you, but I, I do have other people that want to talk, too. And I believe this is uh, Tony. Is this Tony? No, it's Don. Oh, Don. Okay, I I got uh, got too many numbers on the on the board uh, this morning. All right. 
I think you just got through with Tony. I don't know. Uh, no, I got I with, I got with through with a tiny, not Tony. But this oh, is Don. Go ahead. I did, yeah, I, I do agree with the last caller. All, all, all them networks are uh, definitely anti-Trump. But, uh, you know, we're being forced to buy health care that doctors and hospitals don't accept. That stupidity was brought to you by Democrats behind closed doors with not one Republican voting. You know, and as far as the tweets, these people can come out on national TV and degrade the president every day. They could say he's a moron, he's an idiot, he's ridiculous, he has mental problems every, every, every day. And Trump comes, Trump, when he lashes back, he's the a-hole. It's ridiculous. I love Donald Trump's tweets. I love it. I love it. I love it. We elected a fighter, and he is fighting. Go Trump. Okay. Thank you, Don. Appreciate your call. And uh, Greg says, health care is not the reason the world is laughing at us. Maybe it's the Russians. And uh, leading up to the presidential, another tweet from uh, RJ, leading up to the presidential election, Rush Limbaugh, called CNN the Clinton News Network. And now after the election, he calls it the Communist News Network. He hit that one out of the park. Stan said that if the Congress replaces Obamacare, people will die in the streets. I don't remember any bodies in the streets nine years ago before Obamacare, says Bill. Being forced to buy health care that doctors and hospitals don't accept was brought on by Democrats. And uh, let's see what else here. Not only <laughs> Badger football. This is a tweet from somebody who says, uh, not only is it Friday, but it's also 63 days from kickoff. It's like the NFL. There's something, I don't know how they do it. But there's something on the air every day, a show on the air about the NFL every day. They're having, yeah, they're having uh, roundtable discussions. They've got four or five people on there they're talking about. And uh, are we conservative or not conservative? Well, we do have Rush and Hannity on every day, don't we? Our time is up. This has uh, been a busy first hour. We're going to break for the uh, CBS News at the top of the hour. And according to uh, Tiny, get some more uh, anti-Trump uh, stuff on the air I, from uh, CBS. And then uh, after that, we'll have another hour of open line. So let's have some more fun before the fourth here on WDWS in Champaign-Urbana. We're back on uh, Penny for Your Thoughts. We have an open line going until 11 o'clock. I'm Jim Turpin, uh, taking your calls at 356-9397. You can uh, text me on the Castle Heating and the Cooling text line at 3515357. And uh, Greg uh, sends a uh, text saying, Ken railing about the cost of health care. Did he pay for the treatment out of pocket or did his insurance pay for it? 18000 for a chemo treatment is really about 10000 by the time they negotiate the price. It's still a lot of money. Ken thinks the government should pay for all of it. Maybe if we had more people paying taxes instead of being on welfare, there might be 
more money to pay for health care. Is Ken okay with poor people using the ER as a walk-in clinic? What should be a routine visit to have minor health care issues balloons into thousands of dollars when folks use the emergency room? Go to Carl and see what happens on the emergency department. At the emergency department, folks bring kids in with runny noses and use the ER and the taxpayer's bill for thousands of dollars. Folks who are not paying for the service should care less about what it costs. As for Ken and his choice of news, is CNN still on? It should be called FNN, the Fake News Network. And Mike in Champaign says, I know Illinois can't file bankruptcy. Seems like Chicago is a major source of our problem in Illinois, including the school districts there. I remember Birmingham, Alabama a few years ago filing bankruptcy. They were the largest city to do so at the time. Do you think if Chicago were to do the same, it would help solve Illinois' financial problems? I believe Chicago is the single greatest contributor to the state's problems. I recommend them filing bankruptcy or succeeding from our state. And we go to the phones for Steve. Hello, Steve. Good morning, Jim. Hey, uh, I'd like to ask a couple questions. Uh, What would uh, Donnie do if the same thing was said about his uh, wife or his daughter or somebody that was important to him? And uh, What would who do? Donnie. You know, the guy that lives in the White House? Oh. I call him Donnie because he acts like a child. Oh, all right. Now I'm now I'm uh, getting uh, who you're talking about. So what, would he, what do you think he'd do if somebody did the same thing about his women? Well, he'd go, uh, he'd go uh, back to them stronger. That's what he's doing, and that's what's, uh, you know, why we're, <laughs> we're, we're having all these uh, tweets back and forth that uh, somebody... First of all, uh, there's something he sees in the news he thinks they're attacking him, or maybe they are. And he'll tweet something, and then they'll respond, and it goes back and forth. It's like a, you know, a bunch of little kids. Yes, it does seem like a little kid. And uh, I was just wondering, uh, I, w- I would like to find out where he got his magazine covers made. I'd like to get my couple of mine made for Man of the Year. Yeah, you, can, uh, you can get those made at the county fair sometimes and things like that. That's... <laughs> <laughs> I, if you get one, send me one, would you, Steve? Well, yeah. I'll send one to Tiny and Don, too, because I think they was on you pretty bad this morning, Jim. Oh, well, who cares? I yeah. don't. Uh, I, <laughs> That's the way I looked at it, too. If they don't, if they don't uh, think I am uh, have mentioned to Michael Madigan a million times, uh, they have not been listening. Well, basically, whenever Don calls in, anything he says right off the bat, I know I'm going to be opposite. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Jim. That's the way the world goes, Steve. Thank, Thank you. you. Here's this letter to the editor we were talking about earlier from Robert Drayton in Urbana. I am amused, but to sometimes watch chagrined at the negativity of many people today, such as the fellow who accused Bill Dana of racism for his use of ethnic accents for his humor. Bill Dana was one of the last of the dozens and dozens of comedians and humorists of the golden age of comedy. I'm 95 years old, and I lived through that era. 
Most of these comedians used ethnic accents or slurs against a certain group for their humor. There were several Jewish comedians who used heavy Yiddish accents for their humor. And because it was funnier that way, and nobody complained. Flip Wilson, with a falsetto voice portraying a flighty young woman, could have been accused of ridiculing women. But nobody did, and he was very funny. Edgar Bergen and his dummy Mortimer Snurd could be accused of ridiculing ignorant people. But nobody did, and he was funny. He was very clever and very popular. One of Bill Cosby's skits was of a stupid Noah getting directions from God on how to build the ark. He could have been accused of blasphemy, but nobody did, and it was very funny. Jonathan Winters portrayed many characters, but his most popular was Maudie. He could have been accused of belittling elderly maiden ladies, but nobody did, and he was funny. And so on. Humor is whatever tickles your funny bone. All I can say to these people is, lighten up. It's uh, 1016, 82 degrees, another toasty day here in Champaign-Urbana as we take this quick break. We're back on uh, Penny for Your Thoughts. I'm Jim Turpin. The phone line's open until 11 today. We're at 356-9397. Text us at uh, 351-5357. Well, some of the other uh, headlines today... uh, In Chicago, the editorial today says that Michael Madigan's goal is to protect his enablers, and the Trib says they don't deserve it. So there, Tiny, you hear that? And uh, SAK Management Services of suburban Chicago is ready to take charge at the Champaign County Nursing Home. That's a... Story today from Tom Kasich in the News Gazette. In the Gazette editorial, Jim Dye writes about Cook County's new sin tax. It's a tax on soft drinks. Will this improve health or will it simply force consumers to buy their pop elsewhere? Champaign police will have a visible presence in uh, downtown on Friday and Saturday night in the wake of the shooting incident near the corner of Walnut and Taylor. That word came from a statement released by Police Chief Anthony Cobb. In California, a federal judge blocks a new California high-capacity magazine ban, but the fight continues. The Trump administration agrees to add fiancés to travel ban exemptions. The travel ban went into effect last night, blocking some people from mostly Muslim uh, nations as well as refugees, from coming into the United States. And Rob Lowe, breath his heart, uh, claims that he saw Bigfoot while filming a television show in the Ozark Mountains, which stretched between Arkansas, Missouri, and Oklahoma. Lowe said he was terrified, afraid he was going to be killed, and he seemed very, very serious when he talked about this. Former church board member in Rantoul admits to the theft of thousands of dollars from his congregation. And an amusing column today from Charles Krauthammer about the, the ones who lose in sport. 
He calls it his pleasure-slash-pain calculation. It's pretty funny. We'll uh, look at that if we have a chance uh, the, uh, this morning to get to it. A lot of uh, heavy-duty things on the agenda. First of many expected changes at the Champaign County Nursing Home comes tomorrow with the arrival of a new management company and a nursing home administrator. Gone is Management Performance Associates of Suburban St. Louis, which ran the county-owned nursing home for nine years, along with the administrator. They're being replaced by SAK Management of Suburban Chicago and Kim Colebrook of Urbana. A veteran nursing home administrator will be the interim director of the facility. And we go to John. Hello, John. Uh, yes, Jim. I, a couple of historical notes that have nothing to do with current problems. <laughs> On the Fourth uh, of July parade, I can remember back in uh, late sixties and early seventies when the parade used to go down Green Street before it uh, turned uh, south. And at that time, there was a lot of Oh, controversy, and uh, I was in the band carrying with a sousaphone on a truck, and the kids on the top of the buildings along Green Street started throwing beer cans at us. And at that time, they changed the route of the parade so that it uh, went down uh, Lincoln to Kirby and across to avoid going down Green Street. Yeah, I re I remember uh, that uh, happening. I didn't remember exactly what year it was, but I do remember that uh, that happened, and, uh, and that was exactly the reason. You're exactly right about that. Well, I was a target of some of those beer cans. <laughs> so you know for sure. Yeah. Another uh, another point about ice cream and independence. It hasn't been mentioned, and it isn't a big deal particularly, but that was started by the Mark Fouch band because I was playing in it at the time that we first did it, and that was before they'd done anything to uh, the Virginia Theater. And believe me, when you were up on a riser in the back of that stage, uh, it got hot during the concerts. Well, that's uh, you played uh, where, at the Virginia then, or not? Yeah, it was done at the Virginia. It was still ice, it was ice cream and independence, actually ice cream back then. And that was, well... A long time uh, when the art when the Fouch band uh, disbanded. Uh, the first year they tried bringing in a big band from Indianapolis, and that didn't do anything for anybody. And then uh, it was later after that that uh, I forgotten who the university faculty member was. You you worked with them uh, that they decided to revive it and bring it to where it is today. Now, Pete uh, Griffin, you're thinking of. Yeah, Pete Griffin. Yeah, I couldn't remember his name. but Pete's now up at uh, Elmhurst uh, College. Yeah. Just a couple of historical notes that uh, occurred to me when I heard the advertising for ice cream and independence. I thought, well, somebody ought to remind people that the Mark Fouch Band actually started that back in the day. Yeah, I saw the, the uh, Fouch Band I read uh, played in the uh, gazebo uh, or that little uh, shelter at uh, Hessel Park a few times, too. Oh, yeah. In fact, that was uh, that shelter was named after Mark Pouch. 
and the uh, oh, back in that day, the park district uh, was sponsoring the band, and then they decided they'd rather have rock and roll and guitars instead of a concert band. So <laughs> they quit sponsoring us. Oh, okay. Well, uh, thank you. Appreciate the uh, good information. Okay. Let's uh, go to uh, Joe. Hello, Joe. Yes, good morning. Uh, concerning your caller, Steve, uh, he asked what President Trump might do if somebody spoke badly about his wife. And uh, I remind him that uh, they have. They've said some very nasty and terrible things about Melania and his daughter, Ivanka, and his son, Baron. And uh, so uh, they're certainly not immune from, from being attacked. Uh, Donald Trump, he may be pretty rough around the edges. He may be vulgar at times. He may be uncouth at times. But I personally feel like he has the benefit of the American people in mind, that what he does and what he's trying to do is for our benefit, not for his own not for anybody else's agenda. It's it's to help us out. Yesterday I was listening uh, to Sean Hannity. His uh, program came on, and he always runs a bunch of sound bites. And there was some uh, news individual, female, was talking about uh, uh, Donald Trump and uh, how his base is nothing but uneducated white men. Well, that's going to be a big surprise to a lot of black and Hispanic people who voted for him as well. But what she means by uneducated was she means unindoctrinated uh, people that uh, haven't attended the colleges and been uh, brought into the fold of the liberal think tank. And you mean uh, they are in the basket of deplorables? Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you remember, I'm, I'm, remember that statement, don't you, from uh, Hillary? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm one of them deplorables, and I'm proud of it. And uh, hopefully uh, somebody will take Donald's phone away from him so he'll quit doing these stupid tweets and maybe get down, both sides will get down to the business of the American people, but I'm certainly not well, going to hold that's, my breath. Uh, that, that's my wish, too. I uh, I said at the beginning when people, uh, this is long before all this uh, nasty stuff started appearing on the tweets, that in this uh, new age of uh, electronics and et cetera, that it wouldn't be a bad thing to have uh, the President of the United States have uh, instant access to millions of people by something that he wanted to say or a decision that he was made or was thinking of making, those kinds of things. But uh, the tweets have turned uh, too nasty and uh, too uh, controversial. He just ought to not do them. I think sometimes most of these tweets come very early in the morning. Oh, three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, this guy never sleeps. Yeah, well, either that or uh, the old adage, if you got up on the wrong side of the bed, that, that may have something to do with it. <laughs> like, that uh, could be. Hey, appreciate your call. Uh, thank you, Joe. Yeah. Anybody else agree with that, that uh, this could be a great thing that, you know, for, for years we didn't hear from the president at all. Uh, people will talk about Franklin Roosevelt's uh, fireside chats, and uh, I think there were only a half a dozen or so of those. And people uh, uh, talk like there were 
You know, he was on every week or something. But he wasn't. It was a great way to communicate. And uh, people were listening on the radio uh, all over all over the country every time he talked. Now you have the opportunity to, to reach everybody, not only in this country, but all over the world by saying what you want to say. Not only the, the president, but to anybody else that wanted to do that. Get on, go on Twitter sometime and just, uh, run down that and see how many different uh, people are on there and where they're from and what they're saying and, and so on. Just uh, immediate, just immediate uh, uh, contact with uh, millions of people. It could be a good thing. 10.30, Michael Kaiser has the news headlines. More open line after that, right up until 11. Back on uh, Penny for Your Thoughts, I'm Jim Turpin. Uh, phone lines open at uh, 356-9397. And Peggy's been waiting for a while. Hello, Peggy. Hi. What's up? I have two questions. One is, can the state of Illinois file bankruptcy? I don't think so. Okay, I didn't know because of government government entity whether it could or not. And second question is about the Lansing police officer that had the two kids that sat on his porch. Is that, I, I'm not sure how to say that, but is, is it legal for them to do, is that okay to do that without your permission? Because... Like, I have a neighbor that has a really nice grill I'd like to use. I thought, you know, maybe if it's okay for them to sit on the porch, it's okay for me to go over to my neighbor's yard and, you know, use his stuff. I, I don't know about this uh, first this, this story you're telling me. I, I what, what happened? Lightning. Oh, the Lansing? Yeah. Yeah, Lansing police officer, I guess, got into it with a couple kids who were tormenting him by sitting on his porch. Oh, okay. And he threatened them. So now he's in trouble, but I thought, wow, if they can do that. Now, they, they didn't get in any trouble for uh, sitting on his porch, but he got in trouble. Is that it? Right. right. No, it doesn't. <laughs> that doesn't seem right, does it? No, it doesn't, unless they're just making a big bigger deal out of the police officer than the kids, which is possible. Yeah. I don't know, okay. but uh, why don't you go try to use that guy's uh, grill next to you and see what happens? I'll let you know. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Peggy. We go to uh, Terry. Hi, Terry. Hey, Jim. Good morning. How are you? Good. Boy, it just seems this morning like you just can't do anything right, can you? Oh. <laughs> Everybody seems to want to rag on you this morning. Well, I don't think that's accurate. I think uh, there's about two guys that uh, rag every time I see their name on the uh Computer, I know what they're going to say. They just, yeah, you know what you're going to get, right? Yeah, I do. Well, I want to call and pat you on the back for the job that you do because, as you know, I think I really enjoy your program, and I think you do it very, very well. So there's at least some of us, and I think a lot of us out here, who appreciate what you do and appreciate the job that you do. Well, thanks. I appreciate you saying that, uh, Terry, but... Uh, I, uh, it doesn't uh, bother me in the least. I know in my own heart, as far as uh, trying to be fair and trying to tell both sides <laughs> of the story, that that is accurate, no matter what Tiny or a couple of other yeah. people might think. And I think, I think the problem is they only hear their side of the story. Mm -hmm. They really don't want to hear the other side of the story. So, um, yeah, well, well, 
I just suggest you keep doing what you're doing because you do it very well. We're very pleased. And I just want to wish you and your uh, your wife and family a, a great holiday weekend. Well, thank you. That's uh, very kind of you, and the same to you. I hope you have a great uh, a great fourth. We will talk to you again soon. Thanks. Okay. Thank you, Terry. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. I was talking about uh, Franklin Roosevelt's uh, chats that uh, people thought, oh, boy, he's just on every week with well, Ed looked it up, and he had 30 uh, radio conversations. They were called Fireside Chats, and that came between 1933 and 1944. So that's about three a year. That's all he gave, about three chats a year, and it just seemed like more because I guess because they were so so effective, I might uh, – might be one way of putting it. And uh, Maxine Waters is all fired up uh, today. She says women are outraged and fed up with the president impeachment. Uh, that isn't enough. Should we explore exile? Maxine Waters. And uh, let's see. Unlike... Uh, Tom Kasich says, unlike the city of Detroit, the state of Illinois cannot declare bankruptcy. Federal bankruptcy laws don't allow it. It's not provided by the federal bankruptcy laws. Uh, there is a provision for municipalities and, and any other kind of organization, the state to go bankrupt, but not the state itself, according to Professor Fred Gertz. And although there has been some talk of changing federal law to permit states to reorganize their financial obligations through bankruptcy, it hasn't gone very far. And we go back to the phones for Steve. Hello, Steve. Hey, how you doing today? I'm doing great. What's up, Steve? Well, I was reading an article in the News Gazette about this downtown shooting. Yes. And... Uh, Somewhere in that article that mentioned that they had put money towards to beef up Friday night, I don't know, bands to come down and play, to get a bunch of people to come on Friday night. And it said, you know, the, the type of people that come down there aren't really the kind of people we're looking for. So it's almost like they're throwing their money in a hole. And it's got to cost them money to, to do this, obviously. And I don't know why they picked Friday night. Everybody goes downtown on Friday and Saturday night. It's maybe on a Wednesday night I could see doing this. Why don't they spend the money well, we're, to we're, the police we're, department for overtime on weekends as opposed to having these bands come down and play? Where does uh, where, where, Who said that uh, the kind of people who are coming down there on Friday nights are not the it kind was of in, It was in that... Whoever they were interviewing, some shop owner, I don't know if it was, you know, one of the yeah, local I, bars or something, and he yeah. says, you know, it's not really particularly the crowd we're looking for that comes down to these things. Out-of-towners, people that don't normally come downtown Champagne. just doesn't, just typical government doesn't make sense. You know, they're throwing money well, that's after. That's a surprise to me. I, I, I think we're talking about two different uh, groups of uh, people that, the Friday Night Lights uh, people are your friends and neighbors. They bring their kids along, and that's the very kind of people you want. And then that's over at 8 o'clock, and the problem seems to be later on in the evening and early morning 
that's when uh, maybe they were talking about some of these uh, kinds of people that uh, caused some problems, such as a young man that, that shot the gun off right in the middle of the street. Right. So It just seems like they're spending a lot of money for people are already down there anyway on Friday and Saturday nights. Well, I understand I that they're I, I, trying to do the family thing, but why not do it on a weeknight or something where there is nobody down there that they don't have to worry about? I don't know, it just didn't make sense to me. If okay. I had that money, I'd, I'd spend overtime on the police so that I could have cops roaming on Friday and Saturday night instead of some... Well, they're going to do know. that, too, because uh, yeah. the uh, the chief just uh, announced that yesterday. There would be a presence, he said, on Friday and Saturday nights. And, and do, you, do you think we have another uh, Nan Sabaya tour with this missing student? Do you remember Nan Sabaya? I do remember that. I remember yeah. the name, but when was Got kidnapped that? or whatever, missing, took off with her boyfriend, eight days, 17 states, everybody looking for her. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I would uh, doubt that very much, knowing uh, this. Well, it seems awful odd that they found the car and that's it. Well, you know, if that was your car, wouldn't they be coming to your house, knocking on the door, wanting to know well, what's going on? I'm sure they know who, uh, who was <laughs> driving the car. They just... Yeah. As far as I know, they don't know where he is, or where the young student is either. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm sure they that know too. who they know who it is as soon as they found yeah. the car. Yeah. 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 Mm. Well, we can just hope and pray that it all turns out for the best, but it's not looking good. Yeah. The longer we hope, uh, we hope it's a Nancy buy a tour. Yeah, we hope so, but I don't think so. <laughs> knowing the yeah. uh, this uh, young uh, scholar from China, I don't think that's uh, yeah. what what happened. Well, a lot of them the, get here, and a lot of them get here and don't want to go back home. Well, I understand, but uh, this was, you know, she was uh, walking along the street, and this person pulled up, and uh, and uh, they talked for a while, and then she got in the car, and uh, I, nobody seems to know whether she knew knew him or anything else. Yeah, yep. I appreciate the call, sir. Thank you. You need yep. to uh, move on and uh, take another call here. This is uh, is this Mark. Yes, uh, good morning. Good morning. Uh, when I was out walking this morning with a couple of old high school buddies, one of them was telling me that uh, he was looking on YouTube and that there was a plan that had a, a map of the Midwest and there was a plan to let Illinois go bankrupt and then all the bordering states we just pick up pieces of Illinois. Yeah, I, I saw that map. That was a joke. You know, and I was thinking, <laughs> why, why would any of the border states want to get entangled in a mess when they've got things of their own going on? Yeah, well, some of them are doing pretty well, as a matter of fact. But, <laughs> no, that was I a think- joke. I saw that map. It was pretty funny, actually, but uh, that's... Uh, that was uh, simply uh, somebody trying to have some fun. But I, I did uh, see, I went on a little bit farther with it, and I did see some uh, some of the economists that are now advising President Trump not to send any federal money or federal aid to Illinois and just let it go bankrupt. Who, who's saying that? Uh, I'm not sure who they were. They were some uh, economists who were on uh, 
on TV, on the news, and they were saying that uh, under no circumstances should the President of the United States send any federal money to Illinois so it could pay its bills just to let it go bankrupt. Yeah, well, and I don't, I'm not so sure that would be any uh, good thing either. Yeah, appreciate your call. Thank you. You never know what uh, people are going to see online, do you? 10.47, a break, Mr. Bond, with uh, that temperature up at uh, 82 degrees. Well, whether you just uh, purchased your new home or you've been a homeowner for years, the experts at Busey Home Mortgage share six essential items for your home's to-do list. Number one, create a budget. Home ownership can lead to large unexpected expenses. Number two, protect your property. Insurance is the only way to guarantee your belongings and be that will be protected. Number three, prioritize your safety. Ensure all locks on your doors and windows work. And consider installing an alarm system for peace of mind. Take your tax deductions. Make sure you're aware of all tax deductions you can receive from your move and your new home. Number five, make it your own. Personalize your space to make your house a home. Be smart about where you invest your home improvement funds to get the best home improvement uh, bang for your buck. Six, save for a rainy day. Although life may be sunny now, it's a good idea to create a rainy day fund. You should save up to at least three to six months of living expenses. So whether you need tools to budget for your home or you're looking to build, buy, or refinance, Busey Home Mortgage is here with expert advice and simplified solutions. Visit BuseyMortgage.com for loan programs, rates and fees, and financial calculators to help you determine how much you can afford. Well, a man and a woman were seriously wounded when someone pulled up to their car on the south side this morning and opened fire. According to police, the man and woman in their 20s were with two other people in a car that was stopped at a light at 41st and State Street. When a black SUV drove up and someone inside fired shots, this was around 10 a.m. this morning. The woman, 23 years old, was hit several times, taken in critical condition to Stoker Hospital, the man was shot in the head, shoulder, and back, and was pronounced dead at the scene. And uh, Donald Trump is tweeting today, the North Korean dictatorship has no regard for the safety and security of its people or its neighbors. He calls for a determined response toward North Korea. Together, we are facing a threat of reckless and brutal regime in North Korea, according to the president. We'll take our final break here and have time for a call or two after that. Coming right back. Wanted to uh, call your attention to uh, Charles uh, Krauthammer's uh, story today. I thought it was uh, really uh, fun to read. Why do they even play? Question mark. He's talking about... Uh, Winning being great, you get to hoot and holler and hoist the trophy and shower in champagne and ride the open parade car and boycott the White House victory ceremony, etc. But as most uh, 
of you who are engaged in or have been engaged in competitive sports know there's nothing to match the amplitude of emotion brought on by losing. When the Cleveland Cavaliers lost the 2015 NBA Finals to Golden State, LeBron James sat motionless in the locker room, staring straight ahead, wearing his game jersey for 45 minutes after the final buzzer. Here was a guy, immensely wealthy, widely admired, at the peak of his powers, yet stricken, inconsolable. So it was for Ralph Branca, who gave up Bobby Thompson's shot heard around the world in 1951. In 1986, today's show commemorated the 30th anniversary of Don Larson pitching the only perfect game in World Series history. They invited Larson and his battery mate Yogi Berra and Dale Mitchell, the man who made the last out. Mitchell was not amused. He said, I ain't flying 2,000 miles to talk about striking out. And anyway, the call third strike was high and outside. It had been 30 years, and Mitchell was still mad. After losing her first ever UFC match, mixed martial artist Ronda Rousey confessed that she was in the corner of the medical room, literally sitting there thinking about killing herself. She said, it doesn't get lower than that. I'm like I'm nothing. Said to Vince Lombardi, winning isn't everything, it's the only thing. To which Krauthammer adds, yes, but losing is worse. That's all in the, uh, it's in the Gazette this morning. And uh, uh, Charles Krauthammer, who writes uh, for the Washington Post Writers Group, is uh, pretty funny sometimes. It's a, it's a good uh, good column to read. This is DWS in Champaign-Urbana.